guys need to stay quiet in the background. Because, because we have, well, the, the Ark has now sailed into the writing of Act 2 in Drake Alchemicus. And we find that we have need of expertise that we did not have previously simply from all of our reading and research, which you can find on our behind the scenes on our website at dragoncomedy.com. And therefore, therefore the, the dove who we send out looking for information found us exactly the expert that we need to plumb. No, we can't please plumb the depths of the ocean. We're going to spear into the heavens tonight. <laughs> With Captain Zodiac, who is here very graciously to help us unpack the meaning of that sigil that we have, showing us the mysteries of the planets and their influences. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc, our first live stream with a guest. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're doing it. any astrology i don't know any astrology what are we gonna do no idea <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you know we've got we, we we promised everyone this this magnificent story with that that sigil that we're flashing around on all of our our um promotional materials right with the the shine the yes. the shinies the shinies that zay put in for us but we have no idea what what any of it means what are we gonna do no it just looks pretty. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we need help. We, we, we definitely need help. I mean, it's we like, a... go ahead. Yeah, we need, we need, we need, we need a guide because the, I mean, the, the sigil, it, it's kind of caught us now. We can't let it go. It keeps coming back in and into the story in various ways. And um, I don't, I don't know how to read it. Well, and remember, so we we've done a we did an episode a little bit ago about explaining it, right? <laughs> designing the dragon sickle and how how we came up with that particular drawing, um, through needing to have some kind of predictions that one of our characters is making, and then and then it's just feeding into mm-hmm. the the character plan of we we really need some help. We really need some help. Where are we going to find help? Well, the dove found us a really lovely uh, guide. Ooh. I think. For this we've got we've got a guest tonight, thing. do we? We've got we've got someone yeah. who can help us. We do. Do you th- do you think we're going to be able to see him? <laughs> we're just going to speak to us from the ether. 
I think uh I think this like this particular person just got so good at uh astrology that they're basically in the ether now. Ah. It's, it's the it's the ethereal bird's eye view. They're not going to come back down. So, so. speak speaking to us <laughs> from the sigil as it were about the sigil. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, do you think he's there? Shall we ask him in now? Okay. Okay. Check. Captain Zodiac, can you hear us? <laughs> yes. Oh, he's here. He's here. <laughs> Captain Zodiac. Purveyor of the knowledge celestial, surveyor oracular, seer of the phenom terrestrial. Oh, we're in for it. This is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This is this is one of my poor You're friends welcome. who is on the phone with me about something else entirely earlier this week. And I said, you know what? You know what? We need you. We 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 need you. We have some questions, and so we're going to ask you questions, and you're going to tell us knowledge. Is it a deal? Okay. Yes, it's a deal. Oh, okay, okay, good. What's astrology? <laughs> we just start there. Astrology, astrology. If it, no, if, you know, when the, we want to when we want to talk. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we want to talk about astrology, right? Uh, there's the study of, and there's the practice of, right? So essentially, astrology is the study of the relationship between celestial configurations, right, mm. and positions, and terrestrial inclinations and predispositions, okay? So we're talking about knowledge that was essentially founded as early as the ancient Egyptians, right, and was a very, very, very... Uh, elite level knowledge, right? And uh, without getting too much into the history of how it was defamed and uh, like many things that are powerful uh, and uh, get beyond the control of those who wish to keep power, astrology was sort of went from this supracultural uh, understanding that only the most trusted advisors in ancient Egypt only the highest level of members in the papacy uh, had access to and it went from that to it's all rubbish right almost this sound, okay so we're this uh, we're in for a long story i can tell <laughs> okay yeah. okay okay so, so what you what you started with was saying there's the 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 the, the celestial movements and the terrestrial configurations, the configurations, yes. right? The configurations, yes. and so yes. we have it. We yeah. have in the sigil our sigil one such configuration, and that these configurations of planets and star signs have effects on the terrestrial. Can you can you talk about that a little bit more? This is so that we sort of the the heavenly and the earthly and how they they interact together. Sure. So. Astrology purports suggests that there is a connection. It does not purport to explain the uh, the origin of this collection or where it even or this connection or where it even really comes from. It's just over centuries of observing human behavior and at the same time observing uh, the way that the heavens were arranged. Uh, associations were created, mm. right? No different than uh, a quantitative researcher or a scientist, right? These were 
trends that were repeatable across civilizations or across tribes across time right uh so yes it, it just if you were to ask me well how you know i could talk a little bit about that you know about what i have come to understand i've been uh, studying and helping people understand themselves mm. through the language of astrology since the turn of the century, literally since 1999. So I just was like, yeah. So I was like one when I started. Uh, not true. Not true <laughs> that, but, you sound, you sound, uh, I, I won't say aged, <laughs> mature, wise, older than 21. That's for sure. But, or so, yeah, 24. I, I, you know, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> so, you know, essentially, yeah, there is, there is a relationship. I do. There is. You, it's really you cannot deny, right? At some mm. point, coincidence is no longer coincidence. It is, wow, you know? And I think what throws people off about astrology right off the bat is that it gets tied up and caught up into uh, occultist uh, uh, beliefs and behaviors. So people start saying things like, believe in, or, you know, do you, uh, yeah, do you believe in astrology? Mm. Do you practice? And it's not, you know, astrology is not a religion, right? It's not. It is not uh, a way to, it's not divination either, right? Mm. It is. Yeah, th so those, that's going to take, so like, how is mm. it not a religion and how is it not divination? Because I know, so a lot of our, a lot of our audience sure. is, I mean, they're used to us going like weird and woo-woo on Christianity. <laughs> but <laughs> right. okay, but we good. haven't gone here yet and mm -hmm. and and the things that you're saying right. actually fit very well with what we're trying to do in our poem which is show the way in which mm -hmm. these kinds of correspondences play out so i mean there's there's, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a kind of poetic level but it sounds to me like you're saying something different it's not just it's not simply signs and symbols and poetry it's 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 some other kind of associations so unpack some more of that yeah, sure. It's knowledge. It is not, I mean, you know, we know that if you put oil and water together, we know what happens when oil and water come together. We know what happens when uh, fire is isolated from oxygen, mm. right? And we also know what happens, <laughs> tends to happen, to be safe for all the, for all the uh, critics and suspicious, tends to happen when certain planets are resting within certain constellations. Mm. So I'm going to back up just a little bit, right? That constellations are what? Collections of stars, right? Stars have nuclear fusion, planets do not, right? Which is why, you know, the sun, the sun is a star, right? And so it's there's a lot to unpack with astrology but the basic elements of understanding are planets and configurations okay. constellations rather excuse me okay and so in the in so, the diagram that people are looking at that you're speaking to from us it's it's actually confusing sure. because it's it's got the it's got the earth at the center <laughs> in in the old uh -huh. in the old world version of things uh -huh. that the earth is at the center not the sun um and it's it's surrounded by the signs of the zodiac, and then it has the configuration of the the old planets, not including the three ones that were discovered. I guess after Galileo, right? The um, 
Neptune, Uranus, and, and Pluto. Those are not in this diagram that we're talking about. So we have the, the fixed stars of the zodiac and the configurations of the planets within them. Yeah, okay. so again, constellations, not stars with astrology. Let me back up just a little bit. Okay, it's important that people understand that astrology, there are different uh, quote unquote forms or, or of astrology. So for example, there's Vedic astrology, which bases their understanding on uh, a whole different metric for the way the planets are situated in the sky, right? Mm. So Captain Astrology has been studying and come to find um, much more frequently Hellenistic astrology is what I'm referring to. Okay. Hellenistic astrology is the OG, all right? It is directly ripped from Egypt. It is, you know, it went from Egypt to Greek to Rome to so forth and so on. That's kind of where astrology began, really, as far as we know in recorded history. And then it expanded out and it was co-opted by cultures. And it got, like you had mentioned, poetry. It kind of got mixed in with uh, ideology even, mm. right, so to speak. Uh, yeah. So I'm referring to Hellenistic astrology. And the difference there is that Hellenistic astrology recognizes that uh, there is a horizon that expands from the center of the the earth outwards, and we use science, actual numbers, to measure the distance between planets based upon that. Really, the word is ecliptic, mm -hmm. right? Based upon that ecliptic. Uh, so, you know, new stars are being found all the time, but the constellations are the constellations. You know, welcome to the club, new star, but the constellation is there, right? So we're not talking about, astrology isn't really something that you, that uh, it changes. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's a, it's a, how can I say this? If a new star comes into our atmosphere, it's not going to change the constellations or the planets or tendencies it would take another because you know you got to remember we're talking 300 and something bc when astrology so our current understanding of astrology comes from then mm. right essentially all forms of it from then imagine how so long it we, would take we had for us to add these new stars and then come up with new understandings Sorry if I'm a uh, no. Okay, so that no, 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 that makes that makes sense. A lot to unpack. Well, we we yeah, got time. So um, that what you're saying is that our our knowledge of the mm -hmm. way things operate together has has been based on centuries of experience of 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 um, observation. observation. And so anything yes. new that comes up is not going to be immediately meaningful in that because we need more observation to understand how it how it's going to affect things i mean certainly yeah, the the new the new stars are finding all the time those are all within the last you know with the big telescopes presumably just within the last century so right. yeah um so i have we have we do okay. actually have a chat that i only i can see unless you look at on another eyes okay. um casey's saying fascinating astrology must differ depending on a culture's geographic star positions i mean i kilts is in australia Right. And the the observations that we have from Greece and from Egypt and Greece and and Babylon and, and so forth, those are all northern hemisphere. So it, how much how much does astrology understand about the southern hemisphere? 
uh, everything. Okay. I mean, so I'll say, how much is astrology? I want to break down the word astrology. Mm. So ology, like sociology, psychology, psychology, the ology here in astrology mm. is referring to the collection of uh, knowledge, the collection of texts that have just really just been rewritten and added a little bit of salt here, a little pepper, a little hot sauce, you know, but the ingredients are the same, right? So people try to, what I should mean to say is, it sounds to me like the chat question is asking, well, won't astrology be different for, you know, someone in Australia than in America? Right. The configuration at the time of their birth will be different. The configuration at any given time will be different, but the effect of that configuration on that individual in that space will not change because we're talking about set in stone you know timeless uh omnipresent om omniscient uh configurations and effects as a result right so for example uh, when a person in australia was born september 1st 1999 Maybe the sun was sitting in the constellation of Taurus, right? Well, maybe in LA, it was sitting in the constellation of, uh, of, uh, Libra, right? That's what the person's tr presuming. There. Mm. It sounds to me. Well, I think, I think she doesn't know. But That's why is... we have you here to explain oh. it. <laughs> to, 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 uh, so. I mean, what I know, like yeah. what the sun is where it is, the, it's right. wherever you are on the planet. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, what I know yeah. is, is I know something of the history of astronomy. I mean, to, to, it, to end uh -huh. up with uh -huh. this sigil that we have for our, for our sign, um, that comes from a, okay. a, a ninth century manuscript, which has, it has uh -huh. this image, but it also has a series of pictures of the constellations and they're actually pictures, right? They're like drawings of figures. The bear and the 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 Draco and the you know the the Hercules and and stuff like that. So they're they're like drawings, mm -hmm. um, but the 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 okay. the um, knowledge throughout the Middle Ages is of this series of constellations, um, and also you know a, a good deal of knowledge about doing the kind of observations you mentioned because they need to be able to calculate calendars, mm -hmm. and so they need to be able to know, like you know, and be able to predict as it were you know, the days and, and such. So it's, it's interesting that medieval astrology is actually very observational in the way that you're describing, but it doesn't tend to be, um, as far as I know, as detailed in more recent descriptions of things like it affects on individuals. So we don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of, a lot of the, uh, when it, there's always been an interesting relationship between religious mm. attitudes and astrology throughout history, whether it was antagonistic, you know, or not. And so there was a lot of divination going on, so to speak, right? Or, or in that time and through much of history, that's what people were using astrology to sort of divine. And, you know, even just as a matter of fact, many popes, you know, nativities were mm. predicted through astrology. This is a matter of fact. Uh, but I don't believe personally 
that you can there's this thing called free will yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I think that you've just uh, reassured all our know, listeners so no that, that we're, we're, not, we're not about to bind you and, and you know, yeah, do magic no, on you. Absolutely <laughs> not. And and unfortunately, that's how astrology astrology has got such a bad name, because, uh, you know, when there are historians who agree with this, uh, that what, what started to happen was people would say, you know, give me a, a five pence and I'll tell you right. your fortune. They were they were. And it was because. Mm -hmm. Although fortune telling telling was looked down upon, astrology was outlawed by crime of you know by punishment right. of death. So you got and then that was happening. But then you also had people who were you know like bootlegging astrology, but really they were like thought they were telling the future, right? So you got people who were saying, "I'm a fortune teller, come to me." When really she collected your the person's birthday and she was really reading their chart, right? Right, and adding and adding divination to it. So the person would leave saying, I just had my palm read by a, a fortune teller, right? And they would bust in and they would collect all her stuff and they'd see these sigils and these signs and these constellations and they would say, this woman's an astrologer, right? And so it kind of got a bad rap because people were co-opting it, either saying they were doing, mm -hmm. uh, they were psychics or fortune tellers or mediums even, but we're really practicing astrology. Right. So, so I think I... That's also why people say, oh, so... Uh, Kiltz, yeah. do you have any questions thus far? You're, you're sitting there oh, absorbing... Oh, so millions of things, like, rushing <laughs> through my head. So, like... <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, the way you've described it is that it's kind of like a birthmark in space-time that doesn't change. It's fixed. And then... Basically, you've got. <laughs> this is what it's like. Let's see. It's like yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. My goodness. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> there's a well, there's a washing you... machine in the background that shakes my house, and it's going. No, no, you're fine. We can't like hear it. There's an earthquake happening right now as we're talking about it. Just okay, so funny. the your birthmark um, in space. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's like the like a birthmark in space time, and then that's kind of like. Uh, <clears throat> Oh man, this washing machine is so loud. You're gonna have you're gonna have to surf this kiddo. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, you've got like um you've got like this uh space-time coordinates. The way you're describing it is like how um ship captains would, you know, follow uh lines of latitude and longitude as they're cruising around. Not like um in the in a div divination kind of way where uh, someone can make a fixed prediction, which isn't even based on um, probability or statistics. It's some kind of exactly. like uh, cosmic woo-woo. Right. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's cool. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. Um, the, then the other thing I'm thinking is like, okay, so all of these um, societies have developed this uh, aversion to it based on, uh, you know, gypsies in the caravan <laughs> hustling everyone for coins mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the discovery of christ happened because of men who were practicing this science exactly so exactly. the professor and i wrote exactly. about this in an article together so yeah this makes sense so it's um sky compass of sorts yeah it's cool mm -hmm. yeah. there's a cosmic knowledge there uh, that is eternal, really. And whether you like it or not, it's there. 
It's not what you read in the paper on Sunday for when you flip to the back and it says horoscopes. Those are horrible. <laughs> and, they don't, and they're and they're and they're out of scope, you know, and they're out of scope completely. Because guess what? When you were born, there were 12 planets in the sky, period, no matter where you were, right? Mm. Those 12 planets were somewhere different. Wait, 12? For most of us. They were in different places. How many planets are there? Sorry. So we're we're working with seven in, in our story, <laughs> and okay. and the I did not mean and the to sun say counts I, as one because in I, the I, in I, the Earth centered system the sun is a planet but you know whatever <laughs> you mean the twelve signs no 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 I was I was referring to the twelve yes. houses I was jumping okay. topics okay. pardon me no we're uh, we're we're very so sensitive to I number in 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 the in the mosaic arc but no thank you. <laughs> It's important that we, it's, this is, this is, this is, well, hey, in my last interview, I forgot a student who had taken the class on the quadrivium with me about number. And I was talking to him and I was thinking about poetry. It's like, oh my gosh, it gets all confusing. But um, we've also been training so deeply in poetry that everything turns into number and meter. And so we count constantly. Yeah. So we're, we're irritating that way. (laughs) No, it's, it's perfectly fine. No, I'm glad you. Okay. So the 12 houses. Jumping topics in my head. So, but, but be up. But backing out from that, back to what you said, uh, it's when you said birthmark, right? Mm. So think of it more as like a metaphysical shroud, a metaphysical beam, a medical, a, 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 a inflection point in your soul. Like it is not so much, uh, I don't, you could say birthmark because these predispositions are there. Like them or not, deny them, you know, work on them, let, you know, let them just consume your life. They are there. So the, you, I like the birthmark idea, but it's more of a metaphysical birthmark, right? Mm. So we're talking about uh, how you might tend to think about love. What does that mean? To some people, love is our actions. To some people, it's more poetic, right? To some people, it's much more passionate and uh, high intense rage not rage but passion fueled right so you get people who really quickly stay with me here you get people who may have <laughs> the planet venus right yeah. which is supposed to represent the way that you prefer to be loved how love mm-hmm. feels how how beauty marks upon you you may have someone with the planet venus at birth within the constellation of Scorpio and that constellation, right, tends to be uh, drawn towards passion, right? So if things are perfectly fine and we're just always making cookies and picking flowers, the Venus and Scorpio person will be very uncomfortable. They'll almost, they don't know why, but they just, they're uncomfortable with it, right? And sometimes depending on how that planet within that constellation, is aspected, i.e., you know, uh, how it uh, relates to a different planet in a different constellation, uh, that will affect that same sense of needing drama, right? So stick with me and try really hard. This is, by the way, self-plug, I'm going to be starting a podcast here. Oh, good. You can invite us on it and we'll ask you questions. Yes, it's very, (laughs) it's so, there's, and it's really interesting. So 
you get people who take work so serious you know like they don't even go off at home in the way they go off at work and it's like what in the world right and it's mm -hmm. their 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 center of passion is within their work space for whatever reason that's where it is and you then you look at the chart and you find out oh well then venus is in the house associated with work mm. and it, it it actually is true not just someone making it up right so what would be really cool one day when you invite me back uh is if we could get someone truly maybe a skeptic and you know someone that you can trust and if we have birth time, birthplace, birth date, we can start discussing, uh, you know, we can make people really uncomfortable who don't want to believe in this, mm -hmm. in this kind of understanding. Because you know what? I'm, I'm digressing a bit, but I want to talk to the people out there who do astrology, mm. right? Everybody's not here for that. You know, some people aren't ready, truly, spir spiritually, they are out of time with where you want to push them you know it's almost like do you really want to know how you're going to die and when and where and you know like what actions do you get what i'm saying it's almost like there's a level of over informing right i think and it's, it's a form of uh psychic attack really when people are at a party and they're like oh you know you're oh generous, i see so they, they they're they're pressing things so but i'm saying i mean yeah. one th one thing you're suggesting so i've got now I'm, maybe i'll do a kilts on it because you've got us you've got us both like dreaming now um that one the, the the stars are the stars are from our perspective eternal although i mean they're created and you know have have a limited time but for, from our perspective you say they're fixed so mm -hmm. no matter what we are mortal with relation to them and that sense of you know that they are they're going to be there after we die is whatever you're doing when you're talking to them about their the effects of the planets and the and this and the constellations on us we are mortal so it's it's like the the the, the resonance of heavenly and earthly is always going to be of that fixed beauty and our mutability would be one thing but but also what you're talking about um in terms of the influences that's that's very specifically what we wanted to ask you more more like things about venus right um because okay, let me yeah. I'll, I'll set it up a little bit more from 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 the poem that in the the idea of the poem i mean we just had a, a my, some of my students just did a really nice little um, article that says much more clearly than I ever will what we're up to in this story. <laughs> so we we recommend that that article. But from my perspective, we're trying to show the way in which people are caught up in the influences, and and in Draco Alchemicus, the dragon mm. is the you know the great image mm. of that. Uh, you know, it's the influence, the effect. It we 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 sometimes describe it as like the addictions that people are caught up in. But it's it's sort of everything that we are trapped in by our own will. I mean, sin is one way of of describing it. But it's it's this this sort of mesmerizing effect of being in the media environment, in the the um pharmaceutical environment in the money and and you know usurious environments probably i bet i, I said I'm, as i'm saying this i'm thinking i bet they're houses for these in in astrology right so that the the dragon itself is 
like that influencer writ large. Um, but then we've we've managed to create for ourselves the story problem of um, a, a, our sort of ensemble cast is characters that are all basically the planets. And, and, and the, the sort of whimsy about this is that they are themselves in our casting of them icon, icons, right? They're icons of our present culture who those of us who participate in the culture feel influencing us, right? And I could say they're yes. like, you know, movie stars or... Um, business people, mm -hmm. we we actually mm -hmm. we pick them. <laughs> we don't want to like give away all our secrets. We want you to read the stories. But on the other <laughs> hand, it's it's the you know the the thing. If you if you think about the well, I'll, we'll test you, Captain Zodiac. If you were going to pick a, a person, a real person, like in contemporary twentieth twentieth century twenty first century culture, to be the character that Venus had, who would you pick? And, and and we were doing that realizing we needed to have some people that were so iconic that everybody would recognize them and recognize the kind of influence they have from that planetary mm -hmm. aspect and then watch these play out in the story, which we hope then, I mean, the, this is a little long-winded and all, but it, that it end up being an allegory of the soul, that you are always affected by all of these planets yourself and that the the story is showing the way in which all of these influences are constantly acting on us and christ of course enters in and saves us from it <laughs> in, in the sense of you know takes us out of the this feeling which as you rightly say you know, it's, we have free will we 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 do operate independently of all of these things that are operating on us but it's very easy to feel like we can't make choices anymore so mm. so we're we got the dragon level influence of like the whole of the world right the the state satan as the lord of the world he, he rules over it and then the 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 sub influences that everybody's caught up in constantly and how do we in fact in this life as christ entered into it to be subject to these as well which is why it matters when he was born so that the the magi find him right that all of these things are operating constantly so you see we we do really care about how all of the influences affect us because that's one of the things that we're trying to show in the poem does that make sense mm -hmm. okay it does okay Perfect. so that's why we Perfect. need you to be able to talk us through what these influences are like and what the characters are yeah. like sure 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 so, so who's venus who do you think venus would be who would you pick? Who would you cast as Venus? <laughs> uh, I mean, so first of all, when you say who would I cast as Venus, I'm thinking about the the essence mm -hmm. of Venus, right? When I talk, because no one is right. a Venus, like so to speak. Uh, but uh, the Venetian essence, uh, huh? It, again, I'm gonna have to, you know tell you guys it will depend on which room she's in let's let's stick with oh, let's stick we're with enjoying this this, this is good this is good <laughs> we're getting seduced like these like gypsies in france you know like no no this is no what the, this is no, how this they is do very... it now now we're gonna be no, in there you're gonna you. be the, you're gonna be doing divination I, I, in 15 I, minutes they're gonna that's it that's it i need it right give me your card no <laughs> It really, truly, truly depends on because Venus is a planet, all right. And if we're going to, um, if we're going to think of her as 
uh, as being embodied within an individual, you got to remember, feel different and act different depending on where she is. She will be just like everybody else who has, who's affected by the external world around them. That's where the 12 houses of the Zodiac come into play, right? But I mean, if you're going to say Venus, so let's pretend someone has all of their planets are in Venus, which is obviously impossible for Venus to be in every constellation at one time at any given time this is this is just feeding this is just feeding us going wow gee okay we can use this (laughs) but yeah it's it's really impossible so but but at the same so like it's like this who would but so what you're saying is our 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 casting him this way is a bit cartoonish which we kind of appreciate but we do have a comic artist doing the pictures no (laughs) no i think that you guys could really work with the fact that uh the sigils that you see are constellations, right? right? It, I don't believe I saw any planets on the sigil. The, yeah, so they the are there. The planets are in there. There's um, the Earth is okay. at the center, and there's it's it's the medieval planets in the sense of the wanderers, right? The ones that move against the the constellations. So it's the okay. Moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. So those are our characters in the story that they, they, we're doing it with the the old style um, system rather than the new, the, the modern um, configuration. Okay. But uh, still what you can do with that is take those characters, take those planets. And, you know, as you have said, you, I think you've done, correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of maybe try to have characters who represent the planets, Right. And then, as you expand the poem, you can start incorporating elements of the 12 houses and it will show how perhaps maybe there are some weaknesses, inherent weaknesses and inherent strengths of those characters that are exalted depending on where they are, right? Mm. So- Yes, we have uh, we have it, Casey asking, Casey's one of our poets. So she's saying, do the typical personality traits of the signs come out mostly when people are under stress? Do the typical personality traits of the signs come out when they are stressed? Something like, I think she's, she's trying to think about like, so we have the, the characters that we've, because we are going to have to make them like in, in the act that we're writing now, they have to tell stories that are going to play off of their characters, Mm -hmm. but also these spices that we want them to represent. So we're trying to get them more complex than just, you know, here's love, right? That they're, that they're, that there mm-hmm. isn't there is a complexity to the the character okay but go go ahead and explain so, what the so we start we start from venus as so, a kind of character and then develop that okay so let's talk about venus i i actually think she's missing right now from earth Ooh. as we know it okay right now outside like right in real life because you know we used to have people who exude who we used to have public figures right whose entire message was how to better relate to one another Mm. how to love Mm. right and what love means and what it means to impart it on other people and uh the wisdom of loving in real life i don't know if love is in the air (laughs) you know it's kind of like it's kind of like you know everybody's like whatever next 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 Hmm. it's almost like a venus is i don't know where she is really she got vaccinated and triple boosted 
She got that's the triple boot. Sorry. She said that. She said that, not me, Pfizer. I still need your I still need your advertisement. <laughs> oh, uh, we're wait, we're we're dragging you out it, on the edge here. It's like we we in the arc sail through the storms. <laughs> but uh, I, I, have I ever seen her portrayed? I'm trying to think if I've seen her portrayed in a movie. You know what? Honestly, I'd have to say Marilyn Monroe. Yes! And yes! The, yes! We did it! The, uh, uh, coincidentally, she was a Gemini, but she you've just exuded, You've just confirmed right? our whole process. Yes, yes. Her behavior, <laughs> the entire way that she presented is a lesson on love. Because I think she was without it a bit. And yeah. because of that, right? And mm -hmm. because of that shows us how to love in a way. Because you, you, you can't, there, what is it about her? We don't know. That's very Venetian, that, that quality of sort of, you want to get, you want to love her. You want her to be okay, yes. right? And you just feel so, and you hear what happened and you're just like, really? I don't know. Did she really do that? And then. But here's the funny part. She was a Gemini, so she probably did. You know, when they say that she was at these parties and she was kind of like super ready to go and then went into a room and never left and came out completely depleted, that may have been true, mm. right? I have not pulled up her chart, but it is very, very... If we're going off of her sun sign, which is, what are you? When people say, what are mm. you? And you say, well, I'm a Scorpio. You're telling them, when I was born, the sun was in Scorpio. But don't do that because you're, you are um, foreclosing yourself to a set of qualities that are just one aspect of who you are, right? So the sun, I'm going to jump off Venus, okay? Because I told, I gave you your Venus. Now you let confirmed. Me talk about, you, she, the that's the one we chose as our model yeah. for <laughs> Venus. So we 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 we, but, we are we are the poetry is working. We 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 listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so we we talk about the sun, and we're we're now going to be talking about the way that we project ourselves, mm. right? How we shine our light. It's the creative spark, sort of our sense of vitality. So it's kind of the filter that everything. It's if, if we're in a room full of planets and everyone has a role, we're all on the same committee, the committee of Rachel, and everyone has a role to play. The sun is your speaker of the house, your spokesperson, the one okay. who goes out and it's your public image, so to speak. It's really what the sun is. So, but it, it's sort of like the, you can also look at it as the core values the sort of the baseline that you uh, move from. Mm -hmm. So you may have tons of feelings and tons of thoughts and you're not really sure, but it really comes down to a couple to a few things when you say, okay, I'm gonna buy it or okay, I won't, right? That typically would relate to where your son is in, what sign your son is mm -hmm. in, right? So, uh, sorry, Scorpios, but for a person who's born with Scorpio or their son in Scorpio, uh, they do get a bad rap for like being sneaky and jealous, right? But really, it's because they're really sensitive. Mm. They are they are ruled by Mars, the planet Mars, um, partially. Um, but because of that, they move from a place of feeling. They're feeling types, 
if that makes any sense. So Venus, who would I give Venus? Venus is a, a lover, right? And a person who exudes uh, a sense of charm, charisma, mm-hmm. right? In mythology, uh, Greek mythology, Aphrodite is who we're talking about here, okay? But you have to remember that this is going to take more than one, guys. Venus rules two different planets, folks, not just Libra. It also rules the sign of Taurus. Mm. So I'll give you a little bit of lore here. It's really interesting. So you know the myth of Cupid and Cupid, essentially? Right, yeah. So there's Cupid and then there's Aphrodite, right? So... Aphrodite exuded grace, right? Beauty, this word keeps coming up, but really just uh, love, not amorous. That'd be much more Mars. Mm. Like, let's, let's hump. Like, let's, let's, you know, like uh, passion. <laughs> mm. That's not Venus. Venus is a sort of agape kind of love. Mm. All right. But with, that's how it's expressed when in the constellation of Libra, all right? When it's in the constellation of Taurus, it is understood by astrologers to be expressed similar to Cupid. Cupid is not exuding love. He's hunting it. He he collects it mm. with his arrow, right? With the heart at the tip, with the Valentine's Day cards. But really, so you'll find the Taurines, you know this is true, guys, you like stuff. You know, most tourist people like tchotchkes and they'll have, they like nice things, creature comforts, mm. right? Whereas, unless disaffected, meaning, unless there's a bunch of crazy, unless your birthmark, as you put it, uh, has, you know, something um, negatively happening where Venus is on the birthmark, right? Like, let's say Ven- uh, Venus is smudged a bit, Right. So unless that's the case, typically a Libra, the way it's Venus is expressed through Libra is that it, it's an exuding of, of, of love. I'm not, um, oof, cause we don't want to offend. Right. So we have no idea. We, 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 we never know who we offend in what context ever. Just go, go, for okay. it. We're going for patterns house. and knowledge here. Not, 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 not okay, avoiding so, so offense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, know your audience. Know your audience. So, uh, with Taurus, you'll find that they're the type to say, you should come over. You should stay over. Like, so these are the people who will try to keep friends around them mm. that they idolize versus how can I be the idol? They want to, they try to collect people the way they collect things. So I know a Taurus who won't let you leave her house. She's like, <laughs> stay, have coffee, leave, spend the night. Do you want to come over? Like she wants you, she's almost, she likes to collect things that uh, adorn to adorn, you know, her environment. Mm-hmm. And I know a Libra who's like, why do people keep, I'm not, I'm actually kind of not a nice, like, I actually have cranky thoughts a lot, but people like me. I don't know. Like, I just give off the vibe. So the real astrologers out or the astrologers who are studied out there will say, wait a minute, John, back up. Because uh, the way people perceive you, all right, 
is not always the same as the place you're moving from. So we'll stick with Venus, for example, okay? So uh, uh, let's say you're when you were born, the sun was in Libra, right? So you're trying to be fair to people. You're trying to be balanced. You're trying not to bring disharmony to the environment, right? But when you were born at the, what was on the, the, the uh, planet that was, or rather the constellation, actually, uh, the constellation that was uh, at the ecliptic could be Leo, right? So what ends up happening is people are like, this person's stuck up. They want to be the center of attention. Mm. They tend to misinterpret. They interpret you through that ascendant sign, so to speak, because the ascendant sign is mm. sort of the, the, um, huh? It's sort of the, the, I'm trying to find an analogy for it that really works. Basically, it's just how people tend to perceive you, right? It's the energy, fortunately, that you tend to give mm -hmm. off, whether you're trying to or not. It is what it is. But it's not really where you're coming from, right? So if you're lucky, you'll have a situation where Venus is in some place. Is, is, so back up, John. Venus. If you have Venus in a sign that Venus is an air sign, by the way, everyone. Uh, so it is most harmonious when with other air signs, i.e. Gemini, i.e. Aquarius, right? It can have a lot of fun with fire for obvious reasons, right? Air and fire, put them together. They'll almost, you know, they're unstoppable. It's like a parade mm. watching an air sign and a fire sign together. It's, at the surface level, you hear me? But if you put Venus or let me back up, you put Libra, who's ruled, who's uh, from house Venus, so to speak, <laughs> you know, like an acolyte of Venus. Let's use acolyte. I like that a lot. That works here. An acolyte. If you take an acolyte of Venus in the air form, i.e. Libra, and put it with an uh, acolyte of Mercury, uh, like Virgo, uh, which is Earth. Mercury is an Earth sign. You're having dust. You know, somebody's going to feel like they need to put a little extra effort to make this work because it's a little, it's like air blowing over the Earth. Like, what happens with air and Earth? Nothing. You get, like, dirt in your eye? I don't know. Like, I don't know, tornadoes maybe? Like, you know, what's the most... Right. Like so I'm trailing a lot, and it's important that you rein me in and let me know okay. what you need to know. Okay, so, no, so much. I'm... Go ahead. I'm There's understanding. So much information. You are. You're getting me. Good, we are, good, but but good. we probably well, need I'm to back up and like and, and re reinterpret for for everyone else so that we all get it. Go ahead. Oh, like you know, you know that meme where it's like uh, my profile on Facebook and LinkedIn and Tinder and yes. Instagram, blah 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 blah. So that's how you basically just described it. You've got your like planet and it's vibing, but it's on different social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this makes sense to me because you know, you yes, get, you get this kind of curated perception of everybody depending on the platform, which links to our um, our conversation that we've been having for a while about Martin McLuhan and about the effect of different media. So what you're essentially describing to me is like the same thing it's like you'll have somebody who presents themselves 
as we are now live streaming versus how we look in a fixed um, mm -hmm. profile page, you know, mm -hmm. like in the old days when we were using MySpace or whatever. And it's a completely mm -hmm. different experience. Yeah. But yes. it's the same. It's the same yeah. being. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so flipping between different houses is essentially flipping between different uh, media of this particular um, uh, celestial influencer. Absolutely. Now, that's or, really yeah. interesting. And, and, and or, so, or even that, yeah. that, that's, it's interesting. That's what you were seeing. What I started seeing was we, before we had all of our drawings with our artists, we had a, a 17th century diagram. Of course we did. Um, you remember that was the placeholder when we started working on Draco Chemicus and it was the whole cosmos in all of its concentric yeah. spheres, right? From the earth and then the, the elements and then out to the moon and then t t through the different planets. And so I think it was still earth centered for this old style. And um, what you were describing, um, Captain, was this, one, I like it, it's saying <clears throat> all of these planets and signs and stuff, they're interacting with each other and they have, you know, they're different aspects and they did it and everybody goes, oh gosh, that's all made up. And it's like, when we do things like, personality types and people go oh yeah 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 they're the five personality types and you're going to be more neurotic you're going to be more this and it's like people bought you know it's like wait a minute guys this is much yeah. more you know it's a much more sensitive system because there's so many different ways in which you can watch these these influences which is what we've been describing and that what one of the things we're trying to do in the poem is make people attuned to the complexity of the soul again so that, it's like you're saying, no, we mm -hmm. don't really have love anymore. We don't have Venus operating. We don't have any of these, right? Everybody's been like flattened yeah. out, mm -hmm. and and you know, I don't know which 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 planet or which sign seems to be dominant for anybody. But that we don't we don't have a feel for the full dynamic of the the human soul, and it's it's almost as if like, well, you know, where I live, I don't see most of the stars ever because the light pollution from the the, 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 the city. Mm -hmm. We don't even have a feeling for the complexity of the, the heavens anymore. So why would we have a feeling for the complexity mm -hmm. of our soul? We can't see it. Yeah. And it's so, I, I, I would argue that we're in an era of sort of ego, really, mm -hmm. because it's so easy to just jump into whatever lie you need to say not everyone but in general it is i mean you know if i want justification for cussing this person out at shop right i can go online and google is it normal to get upset when people step on your foot and i'll get all these hits that are like yes mm. stepping on feet is a cause for anger <laughs> you know like it's no rather than saying why did I get mad? What really made me upset about that? And so another thing, so we moved over the technological uh, sort of revolution, so to speak, with technology came distance from the soul slash spirit yeah. and the yeah. self. Yeah, it did. Unfortunately, it is what it is, you know? And it's like, you know, you think about how much you learned by going outside before you could just go online, mm -hmm. really, for example, right? Like you learn so much through the experiential versus that sort of digital existential. And another thing that's, a, hey, I'm sorry, guys, but you know, I just got my uh, doctorate a couple, two, few, couple years ago now. 
Uh, and I have colleagues, you know, colleagues who went to school for psychology and the other ologies. And it's like, you cannot box someone into, you know, this, mm. the proliferation of the study of right. the human also moved us away from spirituality, which astrology is in a way connected to Because remember, you have, remember, not everyone knew this stuff. It wasn't like anyone could just, you know, kind of study for 20 years and then talk about it. You had to be trained on it. You know, you had to go through different trials. They had to test your spirit and your soul, depending on the religion. Mm. I mean, you know, we're talking about the papacy here who literally, truly were uh, observers, acknowledgers, and followers of what astrology has suggested, right? It wasn't just anyone. And by the way, I'm not going to tell you what I know. You know, how dare you ask me? That's only for, you know, his most high to mm -hmm. know. You know what I mean? But so, but it's also, so I, another, I, I made some notes because I thought we were going to sort of go through different different kinds of, I mean, we've done Venus sure. and we thought about that. But one of the things that the that everyone needs to remember, so in, in Drake Alchemicus, we're working in Christian fantasy effect effectively right it's a christian fantasy we said an electric fairy tale but it's it's basically christian fantasy on the model of something like um the lord of the rings or more accurately the narnia series or the space trilogy that lewis did and lewis c.s lewis he wrote a, a famous book called the discarded image about the you know the old the old image of the cosmos that the the you know, the poets before the 16th century were really working in. And it includes all of this planetary knowledge. And Lewis was fascinated by astronomy because he had a telescope and he would, you know, study the study the stars with his, his own observations. But in his stories, um, the Narnia stories um, and the and the space trilogy, he's he's working with these planetary influences all you know, always. And there's a there's a great book by uh, Michael Ward, who's a, a priest in, in England. And the, his book is called Planet Narnia because he understood and he studied very carefully how Lewis in the Narnia series was using this ancient knowledge of, of the, the planetary influences to give the sort of character to each of the, the Narnia books. And it, oh, it yeah, it, okay. it, it really works because you realize there's seven books and each of them are one of these ancient planets so that, um, for example, the, the Venus story is the magician's nephew, which is all about fertility and growth and, and, and you know, um, the, mm -hmm. the sort of love and, and beauty and fertility, right? Um, the moon one is very interesting because mm -hmm. that's the, the silver chair and it's all about the deception and, and confusion because in the in the in the old thing when the the sublunary sphere the, the the one that we live in on the earth was considered to be um cut off from the rest of the celestial spheres right so the sublunary world is that of changeability mutability and so in the silver chair the the kids go underground and the witch tries to deceive them into thinking that nothing they knew up above ground was real right so that's it's the lot it's the lies that we get mm. caught in um, and each of them go along like that, that you realize that the, the planets in like for the line, the witch in the wardrobe makes no sense. Cause he throws in all things like Santa Claus and, you know, the return of spring and stuff like that. And it's like what this is about. And he says, well, it's Jupiter, right? It's, it's the joy and, and magnanimity, the, the sort of, mm -hmm. um, he talks about it as, um, uh, 
well, like tragic splendor, but also Melchizedek, blah, blah, blah. So the the feeling that that you're giving us, Captain, of the characters, the personalities of individuals, Lewis said no, that the planets have like large scale effects on human human behavior as such, right? So when, when different planets are in different different um, configurations in the Middle Ages, they would under, understand that to have global effects, not just individual effects. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, there's there's lot there. Uh, there's a whole branch, so to speak, of astrology that looks at sort of societal level impacts. Uh, personally, I don't know that that's... You don't go there, okay. <laughs> even, even I just don't even know if that's, you know, human beings, free will. There's no way really. I mean, mm. you, could, you could draw associations between, you know, cake and ants in the kitchen. You could do that, sure, right? But we don't really know until you get granular. And, you know, and by the way, one ant or, you know, a, a whole bunch of ants at one civilization of ants that just live in your kitchen now might not be because of the cake. It might have been cold outside. You right? are you are far so more gets... cautious than most social scientists, you realize. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no, because... I've I've had I've had a lot of fun uh, having to defend my positions throughout the years, and my professors who may f- come to find this video can attest. But to but that. see, but this you is know? this I is what's think... interesting that Lewis Lewis was also one of the other things just to put in the hopper here was one of my favorite essays sure. of his. He's talking about the difference between the things that the social sciences can know because they look at stuff versus the things that we can see by mm-hmm. faith, right? Is that that you know we're looking mm-hmm. we're looking mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. the beam into the light that we see mm-hmm. through 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 our faith and that lewis was all, you know, this is back in the 40s saying the social scientists you know just bullied everyone into believing that their version of reality is the only one that is true mm-hmm. so you know the anthropologists describing love will do it in one way and the sociologists describing it will do it in another way and the psychologists will do it in another but nobody will do it from the perspective of the lover <laughs> because oh that's you know that's not real knowledge so it it's it's interesting that that your description of um, astrology is more cautious than, in fact, modern sciences often are about their subjects. Absolutely, and more granular right. as well. Uh, and it is, it, you know, and it and it relies on science, though. It relies on calculating de- the degrees to and by which planets are apart, right, in relation to uh, each other. Uh, as well as in relation to the earth and in relation to constellations within the sky. So there is a science to it, but there is an art to using it to help people understand themselves and others better. That's the art that is missing from the ologies, right? right? Mm. Sociology doesn't really leave much room for the art of relating to people. You can be trained on qualitatively you know, conducting research, Mm. i.e. how to interview without uh, putting your influence on other people, but to understand how to relate with another, I don't know if that's teachable, really. I think that maybe some of us are a little more inclined to empathic tendencies Mm. than others. It's perfectly fine, you know? 
we can't all walk around feeling for each other. We'll just be bumping into walls <laughs> and run out of tissue. But, you know, uh, but, you know it's like, I think that there's, uh, there are people who are really good with working with others. And if you are intelligent, the intelligent person knows I know nothing. So you will continue to try to find ways to help people. And if you're fortunate enough to find one that works for your style of relating and also has uh, is rooted in empiricism, then that's where we get astrology. We get that combination of the art and the science. There's no magic to it. So, I mean, right? so what you're saying, you it's, it's observational. It's, 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 it's very very heightened so we do have a we have a we have a super chat question um from chiro hockey bear yeah. where does pisces and, and with a fish emoji um where <laughs> where does pisces fish emoji fall mm -hmm. in this story of astrology so i think now they're they're getting curious about the different the different particulars as people do the gypsy the got gypsy him. got him do Pisces now? Well, no, I mean, so we've been talking. What I'm, I'm curious about is like, if, if you have, if you study enough of these configurations and you can be attentive to people's, I mean, character and personalities, do you have the, do you get the feeling ever that you are able to um, resist influences from the planets or, or like tra train them? I mean, I know you have superhero fantasies in there, hiding, hiding in, in, in your background, Captain, Captain. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I mean, the, this, this must be a yes. temptation of, is there, is there a temptation of, of uh, I mean, it, say, are you sensitive to being able to say, I can feel that influence, right? Before you check it and look at, oh, yes, that's out there. And do you have the sensation of being able to affect it? affect influences how how much is this a, a toolkit versus uh, an observational well, description well i'll start with this super chat shout out to the super chat person uh so when we look at mythology right pisces is associated with uh, poseidon neptune uh sometimes even eros uh if you want to talk sumerian we're talking about inanna so basically, because when people ask questions like, well, how does Pisces fit within mm. astrology? You know, we could talk about the mythological associations that were attributed to the constellation during the time in which these uh, observations uh, became, were validated, essentially, right? When they became sort of the, the, the science of, I guess you could say, astrology. Uh, it's again, I want to tell the super chat person, you know, it's not just where the sun was at. It's not enough to judge someone based upon the, what you are being given in any given moment. Okay. I can tell you in general that most of the Pisces that I know tend to be dreamy, <laughs> sort of like extremely go with the flow, extremely uh in one way interpreted as maybe wishy-washy or mm. flaky in some ways but actually it's just a manifestation of their need to flow to adapt to swim remember pisces mm. the 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 symbol two fish 
right? One swimming upstream, one is swimming downstream, and they take turns with one another. So who's the Pisces in your family? That's the person who is at your house telling you how she could not stand what cousin A did the other day, you know, at the picnic. And then next week, she's at cousin A's house telling how she couldn't stand what you did <laughs> when she was at your house. Uh, this is the person who, for some reason, knows everyone's business because she's really, or he is really good at uh, blending in in a way that, you know, like a swim, you know, fish are, have adapted to almost look invisible to some of them, right? When they're swimming, mm. there's, there's almost like this effortless, there's an effortless going with the current and against it too, really. So that's the best I can tell you about Pisces based on my observation uh, of the sign. But again, it's not just what they, because you are not a Pisces, sir mm -hmm. or ma'am. You are a human mm -hmm. being. You are a person who was born when the sun was in Pisces. So there is a way that you are affected by that, right? It's, we're all afflicted with these missions during this lifetime. Our soul is seeking that the divine, mm -hmm. yes? That's a lifelong process. Astrology recognizes, acknowledges that process and tries to help people understand the navigation of. So this is, I mean, this is, I, and that's really I, I set it up as a kind of magical question, but maybe, I mean, it's like, it, sure. I was a little teasing because I wanted to see, it's like, can, how can we operate this in our story? But, but there's also the, sure. I mean, so it's, what you're mainly describing is this is self-knowledge, which in the monastic, in the yes. monastic tradition that yeah. I work on is, is always worthwhile, wow. right? Because you are, mm. I mean, in sort of more bluntly in, in the monastic tradition that, the medieval authors I study are, are working with, you know, you're recognizing your sins. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in the, you know, like the seven deadly sins or, you know, tendencies that I'm, 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 mm -hmm. I mean, afflicted by greed or I'm afflicted by avarice. I'm, I'm falling into sloth. Um, and that the, and the humors are also an element of this that I'm likely to, you know, I'm more likely to be melancholy because of my humoral makeup or I'm more likely to be sanguine so that, to me, one, I find most of these things accurate descriptions. I mean, the soul is such a complicated thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm astonished mm -hmm. that modern psychology is is quite as blunt as it is in so many of its descriptions of, of human beings. I, I did a, a, now 20 years ago, sat in on a bunch of psychology classes and came out going, what did I, what just happened? <laughs> because they, they, they didn't seem to know what the soul was, right? They, they were all, you know, all about, you know, right. cognitive psych and memory and social psych. And, you know, I don't know what we did in social psych, a lot of, of neuro imaging mm. and things like that. But, but it, it felt like they had no delicacy and robustness and all of the, all, I mean, when you're talking all of the kinds of things, it's like, as I see this person, she behaves like this. It's a tendency on her part. It's, it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it's refreshing in a way, if you can sit there and say, okay, she's just going to do that because that's what Pisces do. But it's also a, a sort of compassionate recognition of how complicated people are. Thanks. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, what you hopefully, if you have the chance to meet an astrologer who 
truly understands the art, uh, they're going to ask you exactly, you know, what, why you're, what, you know, tell me about yourself a little bit, where are you coming from? So I actually have, uh, several clients. Some of them have public profiles, NDA can't say who, but you know, there's a form of sort of like astro therapy. Mm. So you're taking some of the tenets mm. of talk therapy, i.e. it's a process of, uh, of, of from you to me, not from me to you. I'm not going to give you this survey to fill out and then come back to you and say, okay, you're manic depressant. No, I'm not, I'm not giving you you're, boxes. You think to you're check. more honest than you much know, of the psychiatric profession. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, but that's and I mean, look, I'm, I've graduated already. I'm grown. I'm look, psycho, uh, psychology and sociology are so stagnant right now. I can speak from someone who was in a liberal mm -hmm. arts program at the doctorate level for quite some time, and I would bump into people who were so out of touch. You know, based off of these, they knew their books. You know, they could tell you what this other, per by the way, other person wrote uh, quite some time ago. But when you ask them about real life now, there's no connect. They don't really mm. get it. Right. And so I'm always against the idea that psychology holds the answers. Why? Psychologists are trained to interpret you based on the ideas of very specific men. Hello. Some women we're, you know, now, but some of the fundamental reality truths in psychology are from guys who were coked up, doped up, you know, <laughs> this fits our Draco Alchemicus theme, you see. It's kind of like that. I, I, I mean, I hear what he's saying, but that's not really, I'm sober right now. I'm not, you know, I didn't do that because I, I didn't suck my thumb when I was younger because someone grazed my thigh and a tingle hit my hippocampus. Mm -hmm. Hippocatum is bland. That's exactly what it is. No, but it's, it's, I mean? this is our dragon but, image uh, of the, the clouding of everybody's sensitivities by these drugs. Everything's, everything's been doped up and spiced over and, and, and soporified and yeah, all of that. Astrology and the sigil that the dragon in your, I read quite a bit of the poem and I'm like, I want in on this. <laughs> I would, I would yeah, so you when you guys, when you guys are ready to do a voiceover, I'm here for it. Uh, and what? I lost my headset. Um, we got you so excited you, at the thought really of, of voicing the dragon. Yeah, I, I really did. Oh, that would be, that'd be a, actually one of my dreams is to play a character holding knowledge in that way. Or, well, you do realize the dragon's the bad guy in our story, right? <laughs> is it again because yes because guess what the, the, she said yes he is no doubt about it but uh, but, but you've seen the picture how beautiful evil, right? he is and how captured he is by his own reflection yes anyway <laughs> but the the knowledge of good and evil we're yes back to that yes but mm -hmm. no uh anyone in the chat you know just know that you it's it's cute and it's fun and it's cool to talk to people and say, I'm a Libra, I'm a this, I'm a that. But you're also telling yourself and telling someone else, you're telling mm -hmm. yourself. And so you gotta look past what you think you are and maybe try to understand what you really are, right? You are a multitude of internal mechanisms responding to external stimuli. 
So you there's a bunch of stuff happening inside that's reacting to the outside, right? And astrology brings that together. It brings together the idea that we are made of, we are animated, ele electrified, animated beings, right? Sentient creatures that have are made of organic matter. And the planets and stars, in fact, affect organic matter in, in their own right. way. Right. So it's, it, it is an imprint, the birthmark. I love the birthmark idea because that's kind of what it is. It's a metaphysical birthmark. It doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean that you are foreclosed to these things. It means that's your journey. That's your stamp. You know, that's your place in the sky. It's what, it's mm. what makes you unique. If that makes yeah, any sense. It makes perfect yeah. sense. You haven't described it like a mechanistic view of, of human development, which is what the social sciences does, especially with the, uh, you know, yes. the field of education and bleaching out this folk understanding of everything linking to everything else that Rachel is uh, connected to because of her medieval studies. But the West has lost because everything has become hyper-mechanized and also industrialized. So the way you're describing this is uh, natural influence, but not in an industrial or mechanistic way that means we lose our um, animation and, you know, uh, our own personality inside it where like the, I think the way that you're saying, you know, don't describe yourself as Pisces or Libra or this or that. It's like somebody describing themselves as, um, uh, you know, the way behaviorists used to describe, uh, you know, like people as input output mechanisms. It yes. was just like, this is what you're getting. And right. then this is what you're going to pump out. And there's no, there's right. no, um, uh, you know, internal realm for any uh, anomaly to happen and, and choice and um, aberration and, you know, wrestling with the influences. Of, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. And think about your relationships. It's also there's interrelational, interracial, interrelational aspect to this. So we're talking about uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes people aren't automatically harmonious together right and so people spend a lifetime in marriages that are freaking miserable mm. when they can spend two or three hours talking to, talking to someone who can help them understand themselves and how they and their partner are interrelating right this mm -hmm. is not imagination it is not supposition this is information based on thousands of years of observation it is beyond the terrestrial you know it's not just a cultural view on things really it's not this is information that it was so <laughs> it was so impactful and so accurate and i would argue so freaking scarily true that the Catholic Church, guys, all right, was like, whoa, no, nope, <laughs> lock it up. It's bad. It's horrible. And it happened. Well, overnight. I think, I mean, so, so the Catholic Church, I knew, um, it, it keeps falling into occult temptations in, uh, of its own anyway, mm -hmm. um, because the, the temptation is always there. Once you have knowledge of something, this is the, 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 the serpent problem, right? The, the dragon problem. Once you have knowledge mm -hmm. of something, the, the temptation mm -hmm. is to want to control always 
and and oh, that that let me get back to that rachel go ahead yep you i'm sorry really but i want to get back because i want to really answer your question you had said do i ever feel the temptation to right yes that's that's i mean that, and that's it's like on the one hand the catholic church is trying to keep people from doing that and on the other hand it's constantly doing that so okay <laughs> <laughs> <Whoops. And, laughs> and honest and, and 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 honestly the answer is no and that's because i know better <laughs> than to think that someone's you are monastic in your truth to be <laughs> humble <laughs> what they're going to do on any yeah. given day but at the same time it's it is best when so this is one of those things where if we don't get it you can meditate you can pray right which are both forms of introspection right but then what astrology is saying there's an understanding out there that exists for you to met to mm. think about to so it's going to be a jump point for your own you know introspection actually that's really at best right but i could never and but but, karma, but sure well no, no i know I you won't that. i wouldn't I, even if i even if i, I could. know you won't but yeah. but are are people i mean this this seems to me this is the, the the dragon problem that we're meditating on constantly is the dragon offers control right that's what the the serpent offered in the garden mm. which is saying you will be like gods Mm -hmm. um and that that it's it's like in tolkien the ring is is that you know desire to dominate others wills and we've talked about in our in the mosaic arc about um the media uh, particularly the microphone i did i did a little independent one on on sauron's so i took control of the microphone that that sauron's control over the world is through you know the voice and the control of the world through you know radio in in effect mm. is is there is there a we, we one our, that our our story needs to go there because we've got to like get christ give him something to do right which is save us from all of this right, but right, the, that right, that right, that right. that that temptation to control i think that i i do think that's usually what the church was trying to warn against you know the like divination and um, what you were describing, yes. people going to a party and telling people you're such and such, right? That 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 the right. ability at the party to tell other people, well, that you just did that because blah blah blah. That's a, a kind of social control that you mm -hmm. have this knowledge that then mm -hmm. con constrains the person that you are telling you're a Taurus, mm -hmm. and so of course you did that. Oh, for sure. And you know what? You guys are onto something brilliant, actually, with the story because. If you're using the characters, right, as an analogy for the planets, imagine what would happen if Venus found out exactly who she was and what she <laughs> Right? Imagine the effect of Mars if he realized you are the god of war. You are the master of passions. You have the power to enrage, right? It would completely change. The, the planets are not sentient. God didn't make them sentient. If he wanted to, they would be. They'd be like, what's up, yo? You know, like God would do that, yeah. but he did not. And, but the characters in your story are sentient manifestations of the planets. And that can get extremely, extremely precarious. I think, I think he, I think he just affected act two. <laughs> it is, it is, really it, is it is, it can become very, yes extremely. oh my gosh and so because i love i read by the way i practiced for my audition when you guys start casting for the, the uh the dragon and i'm very serious in the audiobook so i read his intro his uh his mm. beckoning you know at least 20 times hand to the sky 
And, you know, he's like, you know, <laughs> for dragon, for dragon sight, which you guys capitalize dragon, mm -hmm. right? So proper noun mm -hmm. for, for this, for dragon, almost a weapon. It's almost weaponized already yes. for dragon sight. I'll trade the crystal in your chest. So I'm going to take what makes you beautiful, which is your uh, sentient, uh, or excuse me, uh, sort of like just ethereal existence up there, Venus, just minding your business, shining upon, you know, uh, ref because remember this, guys, planets do not shine it, gets on it. their own. <laughs> they, they do not, they, I'm going to cry. Not... I'm going to cry. Like, this is just... <laughs> oh, my God. Planets don't shine on their own, right? They shine the star, the reflection of the stars, the constellations that they're around will, will change the way the planet looks, right? The projection of the planet, right? So to give the planet sort of like the power to project on their own would be to rob the constellations of their, which by the way, those are the heavens. So this, I just got the chills myself. So this dragon is extremely Satan-esque, Lucifer-esque in that he's trying to obliterate the heavens. The whole point of the heavens is to shine on the, uh, in the planets to shine upon the planets so that we can benefit from that. Right. But to say, Hey, I'll just, you know, I'll, you don't need them. I'll tell you exactly what you can do. That is the ultimate temptation. Right. There. I'm really glad we have this so, recorded. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's oh really brilliant. And I won't expect any credit. Uh, is, is just let me just consider me when you do your auditions for the voiceover. Because this is the gypsy hustle. Love. This is, this is a gypsy hustle. Yes. <laughs> this is gypsy hustle. I know what you're doing. I see it. Wow. No, so that's true, though. I've, I've looked at this and said, yes, you guys are on to something and taste the hidden love into a dream. I'll ease you ne'er to wake one tear to taste like star milk from above sign. Oh, I can't even just the chills. Are just <laughs> You're going to make us pass out with like poetic bliss right now. Sharp. It's like sharp on your tongue, a pyramid of snakes uncloaks a dark star burning in my breast. You'll see the world as clearly as the drinks and capture seas from east to furthest west. For dragon's sight, I'll take the crystal in your chest. You evil bastard. <laughs> Please bring his messiah in here. Yeah. He's like bad to the bone. Yeah. I don't know how maybe he's he's consumed the heavens somehow. Yeah. And and or captured the heavens. I mean, when he dies, the heavens have to reappear. There has to be right? Maybe that's why the Jesus character, the Messiah comes is because his home is the heavens are gone. He escaped with these duh, with the pigeons. The pigeons helped him escape with the dragon obliterated because he's the he, he's now controlling the planets. We're, 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 you know we're I mean? just speechless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know you, you really mean. got it. <laughs> Copy mark trade right. Can't steal it. It's on record. We did it. Oh my god. This is this is like so next level. I'm very serious. This is a you very get... dope story. You get the level of evil that we're trying to tap into as well, which is like, I mean, I, I can't really, I'm, I can't talk like <laughs> that, that, um, that kind of, um, 
that kind of temptation that's just it's a different level of like a it's not just I'm going to give you a nice car or you know like somewhere somewhere cool to go or a nice it's not that it's like the oblivion of uh of the good and the true and the beautiful that's what we were tapping into you got it it was really wonderful to hear it yeah, thank you thank you i'm glad i could bring that but you know what else i'm looking at the the illustration and, and how bright the coliseum is hmm there's a lot of light in there light of the heavens i mean it's it's beaming out from the illustration yeah. so you guys are really on to something and i don't think it's and that's let's really quickly circle back to how effed up it is go ahead say it for mm -hmm. people to project your sign onto you at any given i'm sorry i'm gonna say it it's mm. rude it's mm. a rape it's it's a metaphysical violation of my free will of my spirit for you to tell me oh you're a libra so of course you do that because you are this i mean right. am i that i thought i was human being you know i thought so i don't know you guys well, you have, you have, and we're getting anything in the chat. Um, um, boom shakalaka from Mel, who's one of our poets. <laughs> um, what up, we're, no, we're just speechless now because you really got it. You really, really got it. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, the, 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 the light, yeah. <laughs> I'll just bring it down to like ordinary prose for a second. Um, the, the no, reason, oh. the, so the, 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 the gate, it, it, the, the city is shining because it's electric, right? It's the mm -hmm. electric city and mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, I think it, we, we'd have to send you like the whole act actually, so you can read it. When, when we describe the okay. city, it's meant to be something like, you know, the computer motherboard sort of electric connections and that. It, it's like it's taken over all of humanity so that when the Christ character goes through that gate, he is becoming incarnate. He's becoming, you know, caught up in all of the media and, you know, informational um, mm -hmm. systems that, that we are. And mm -hmm. what you described about the way the, the dragon has stolen the heavens that makes sense because that's when you like you fly over you know fly over mm -hmm. all the electric cities at night and you're just like you don't see the stars anymore it's all on earth it's all trapped in the the the, mm -hmm. uh, the electrical cities mm -hmm. or you can look at the the images mm -hmm. of the the earth at night where all of the electric is that was what we were working with so you you got it exactly you got it that 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 we are we mm -hmm. are uh, but that that sense that yes he has to come here because heaven is gone wow that's the way I feel like living in the city. I said that that I grew up out oh. in you know New Mexico when I was when I was little, and we'd go to the mountains, and you're just nothing but stars. And I only see them now when I you know get to go visit my family down there. But otherwise, yeah, I lose. I don't remember that they're there. The the Dragon City stole the mm. stars. That's like whoa. Mm hmm. Hmm. And so if I was to give you a planet by planet, just quick. So what would Venus do if she gold digger? Exactly. She'd be a seductress, seductress. She'd, <laughs> she'd be a seducer. She'd be a, she would probably, she wouldn't fall victim to vanity. She'd be too wise. Mm, right. Right. To believe, to believe 
that she is what she can make other people believe she is. She'd be too wise for that. So she'd know she'd be very, very, very purposive in her actions. There is no flightiness there with Venus, right? Mars would be someone who, like I said, could enrage. This would be someone who would realize the power to impassion, embolden almost, right? So this is someone who's an antagonist for sure, who would just antagonize. Uh, uh, let's say uh, Mercury would be someone who, Loki, that's the best analogy. Loki is Mercury incarnate, the trickster god who would just, just causing trouble for no reason, you know, like, why not? Like the Joker, you know, mad just for, just for sanity's sake. He's mad for sanity's sake. Uh, uh, let's keep going. Uh, let's see, uh, the sun, the sun would, it's difficult because it's almost difficult to try to think of a negative, how the sun could negatively be affected by it, by self-knowledge. He can't, he's the sun. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I felt. The sun is untouchable. The moon though, would probably be the key. The sun and the moon need to have a relation, uh, uh, um, not symbiotic, but in a way, yes, actually, I'll say a yin yang mm. situation. So the sun is affected when the moon is affected. The moon needs to play a part in, you know, because uh... think about it like this, right? If you, so even psychology and whatnot separates tend to separate thoughts from feelings, right? They try to do that and be like, you know, there's like rational thought and there's like this irrational part of you that's just purely driven by your feelings, right? So if you have all the knowledge you need, so knowledge of self, full, utter knowledge of self is like, why even exist? You're done, kaput, mm -hmm. why are you here? There's no reason to be here, right? I think the moon is needed to, the moon nurtures in the same way the, the sun does. So I think I can't really see the moon being villainous other than, uh, uh, I can't see it. I don't see the moon being villainous, a villainous aspect to the moon as mm. a character. Uh, you, you know what the moon would be? Sloth, the deadly sin would be sloth from the moon because they'd be so consumed with their feelings and, the, and the feel, they'd be edified by the feelings of others. So, you know, I didn't mean to stop you. It hit me right when you started talking. Uh, I think that's what the moon's character would, the, the, the evil of the moon would be overindulgence. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Truly. It would be it sort fits. of, it would, that it fits. Would, yeah. Kilts, you were saying? It would need, yeah, Kilts. Oh, I was going to say, you described um, Venus as avoiding vanity, but we have a kind of link with the, the Luna and uh, a different form of vanity than is maybe um, overt. Um, you know, it's the, it's the kind of uh, changing face of the moon that... Uh, you know, this is the the planet character, but she's she's sort of 
looking around her, but at the same time, the reflection is not, uh, it's not fixed. And because it's not fixed, she's drawing their attention, you know, just like the moon is like, okay, well, it's the moon, it's not going to change, but it does, it changes all the time. So this is kind of like weird reverse kind of uh, effect on, uh, on the other, I mean, the people are around, around her. Yeah. I don't know if that no, but it's, it's, it's what you're describing is fitting the the characters that we've we've set up, but you're giving them much more depth. I mean, we've we we mm. so we in in Act One, which is what we've written and what we're working to publish this summer or this autumn. Um, the they're just basically introduced, and so they they sort of come on stage, and you know, you're going to be a part of the story, right? Mm. And and now in in the act <laughs> that we're working on now, they have to become clearer as as their effects and their yeah. characters and this is this is helping i can actually see the moon being tempted well i can see the moon becoming completely overwhelmed with self-knowledge mm. imagine knowing that you're never going to be you're going to perpetually ebb and flow forever in the way the moon yeah. does in the dramatic mm. apparent way that you will forever be full or half or yeah. a piece you're never going to be it's almost like a, it's almost it's almost like depressing, right? Like you'll never be full forever, because that you know we live to become mm. fully self-aware. The moon, you never will. You will always be, you know, something. You will you are you will always flux. You'll mm. never be the same. That fits the that fits you know? the model we chose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like that person would probably become negatively affective. Whereas it's supposed to be nurturing the moon and it's, it's known for it's nurturing the nature of it, of its nurturing aspects, truly in astrology. But the inversion of that with story with dragon sight would be probably the opposite depression. Yep. Sort of like hmm. death of hope. I could see a hopeless character. The moon is rather hopelessly and so self-absorbed with their feelings. That's where the vanity comes in that they don't even they're completely absorbed with their feelings, with the knowledge, you know, of psychosis, because <laughs> the moon is a bit like psych, uh, socio-emotively psychotic. There's a psychosis to forever changing, right? Psychologists, what is it called? Uh, uh, it's not the personality. It's like schizoaffective. Mm -hmm. That's what mm. the moon would be. So it wouldn't be... Uh, you know, in RPGs, it's sort of like an active versus a passive power where a person is doing it to edify something. I think it'd be the opposite with the moon, mm -hmm. actually. It would be by nature of its understanding, by the dragon sight, it would just be, you've destroyed the nurturing element of the universe. When you tell the moon, the moon needs to believe or needs to uh, be, feel secure. How's it going to make us feel secure? And that's its role in the zodiac is to nurture in that way. It represents the mother, so for example. Mm. So if I tell you you'll never, you'll always abort, Moon, you think that you're giving life when you're half mm. full, right? But you'll always abort in a way. The Moon is perpetually aborting 
in a state of abortion. Oof. I mean, that's the, I, it's, it's we're like, now we're just, we're just saying, it's yeah, 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 that wild. fits. Good, good, good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it really, no, it really fits. fits. I, 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 I think dragon sight would be a curse to mm -hmm. the moon. The moon would kill things. It would try to, it would touch a plant and it would wither and die. It mm -hmm. would have the kiss of death, the kiss of death. That's the moon. Love me, please. Let me nurture you. Come into my house. Everything it feeds the person makes the person hungrier. Mm. Every hope it gives makes the person feel more hopeless. That's the moon. She's disaffected. Dragon sight, because that's what dragon sight's doing. It's disaffecting them. Yes. Right? So a disaffected moon does that. It will mm. draw away from you, not pour into you. And you'll be seeking fulfillment you'll never and especially if the moon itself realized holy shit i'm gonna be i'll never you know like i'm mm -hmm. um this is my fate to can wax and wane forever mm -hmm. at least the moon the sun could be like i'm the sun like i'm out here i'll be I'll, i'm gonna go i'm gonna take a nap for a second but i'll be back and i'm still the sun the moon yeah. is kind of ever changing in a way that it cannot help mercury does it on purpose Mercury's mercurial, right? We, Mercury knows what it's doing, you know, like mm -hmm. the moon can't help it. It's kind of crazy, actually. It fits. Like, this, uh, this, you've described your character so well, the one we did. Really? Yeah, you did. You did. I can't give like it away. Mystique I don't want to give it away. Oh, well, the, the thing is, we, we, yeah, so we, the, when, when you read the poem for us, you're going to get all of this. You're going to be, you're going to be like, wowed that you figured this out okay so you um jupiter and saturn jupiter jupiter is the benefit the benefit the be the great benefit yeah. so it if jupiter i i always think of the whole the, be... you know, the holtz planets music jupiter is the great um it's, it's one of the like joy it's jovial right it's like happy and poof 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 but but this character has to be a bit bumptious for well the one the the model we chose is a somewhat bumptious. <laughs> think think Dionysian hedonistic sort of bon vivant to the max character who yeah. probably is a bit over is not at all is probably plump you know like Henry the what was mm -hmm. it eighth you know <laughs> he passed away from just eating and all these wives and n never enough. And he's like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's did I hit oh, it? Oh, yes, it? you got him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll actually, so, so Captain, we, we will tell you off camera how accurate you are. <laughs> yeah, it's freaky. Good deal. It's pretty funny. Now, who'd you say next, Saturn? Um, Saturn is interesting. Saturn is, they can stick sort of the grandfather of the zodiac. Saturn is the lesson mm. bearer. Saturn is there to challenge you always. Mm -hmm. And, but at, on the other side, it's there to teach you. It's about the lessons. So sort of like the hard lessons that you will be learning through life. So if I think of a disaffected Saturn who it, it because it's not as if, um, Saturn requires, it's not a power seeking thing. It's just the old, the wisest, mm. so to speak, the grandfather of the Zodiac. So I think if, but I don't think Saturn would see himself that way 
or herself if you're doing a gender no, swap. No, we do. They're 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 he, gendered him. as the traditional genders. <laughs> yes, and Saturn is the grandfather. He's the grandfather. So, grandmom's gonna bring you in, give you some cookies, and you know, pat you on the head and say you're so wonderful. Grandpa's gonna say, "This is how, come out in the woods." You know, Saturn's going to feel uh, um, vengeful at all the people who failed to heed his warnings. And that's really <laughs> what it will do to you. When Saturn <laughs> returns in your chart between the ages of between the ages of 27 and well, 26 to say 31, Saturn returns to this, its position, original position in your Zodiac. He kind of comes to check mm. back in on you. And almost mm. everyone on earth will tell you something. I don't know when I was like 30, you know, I don't know, like things, you start seeing things different in a different way. Something happens, whether it's a big breakup or you go bankrupt, there's some lesson yeah. there to be learned. And if you don't get it, what ends up happening is you end up with, you know, like say a, 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 a 50 year old guy who is still 18, right? Who's mm. just this perpetual teenager. And that happens a lot. People drink, sleep, sex, smoke, whatever their way during Saturn, when he's there and he's like, okay, pay attention to this, pay really close attention. People pop a pill or smoke or drink and don't mm -hmm. pay attention. And if Saturn became aware of this and like your job is to teach lessons, they're not getting it. Cause most people don't, many people do, but there's a lot more of us, right, who aren't as enlightened as we move into these different decades. Right. I think he'd be very upset at that, extremely, to the point where, where there's trouble wherever he goes because you're not learning. He's the type, he's, think of like Pinhead in Hellraiser who traps you in this labyrinth and he will not release you until you, until you learn the lesson. Not Minotaur, he's not going to chase mm. you, you know, he's not like, some raging animal but he's determined to make you get what he's trying to show you and if you don't pay attention you will be completely so maybe i think saturn may be a planet killer he may be able to strip the other planets of their knowledge if he mm -hmm. wanted to because it's like wait a minute venus you're this isn't what you're you know he he wants you at your highest self, your your most divine, mm. you know what I mean, exhalation of. But he would, your he would, he would. Soul. So in our in our our character now, he's he's marked by a, his watch, right? So he's a, he, the, the watch is a is a ah, I like yeah, that. it's a it's a symbol for him of time, the time yep. time. He's 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 conscious of time, um, and he tends to be. In the, in the scene that we're starting with, he tends to be the one least given to fancy or fantasy. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's that's accurate. That's astrologically accurate. He is hard lessons. I'll just tell you the truth, guys, real quick. Saturn's return happens to everyone. For me, it was stripping security. Up. Like I, there were I like my plants, my curtains, my pillows, mm. my blankets. They all made me feel like. I was secure. I had made, they gave me comfort in areas that I should have not, I should have. Uh, so there were things from my past I had not addressed that pillows and blankets mm -hmm. and, you know, special shaped ice cubes and you know, like these sort of things like sort of made me feel like, 
I'm perfectly, I'm good. Like, who cares about my past? But when Saturn came, he was like, nope. He strips away. I had he likes nothing. stripping away. I yeah. was, yes. Yeah, so age 17, real quick, overshare. 17, I was in foster care, not my fault, but it was just me then, right? No parents. So I actually left foster care, started working immediately, put myself, was right into college. So I had always been an adult from very early, right? And my parents weren't really there for me. So I never really felt security from the other or the masculine or the feminine right. other, right? So, so throughout my twenties, I sought to fill those voids with object, with things that represented the, the masculine feminine mm -hmm. other, right? So I was very serious about my house and how the color scheme of the living room and, you know, very house proud, so to speak. And Saturn was like, nope. All of a sudden my job goes away. They don't need me anymore. Right. Out of nowhere. Right. You know, mm -hmm. then the recession hit that same year and I had a master's and a bachelor's and an associate's, but couldn't find work. What the hell? Fortunately, I had an aunt, God bless her, who studied astrology much longer than me. She taught me much of the, she brought me into the understanding. Mm -hmm. She was like, you have to stick through this because Saturn is here. If you drink, if you smoke, if you, if you run from this, John, you will never evolve. You'll be repeating the same stuff for the next 30 years. It takes Saturn 30 years, guys, 30 years to come back. So his presence is a blessing, really. It feels torturous many times, almost always, but you have to pay attention to what he's trying to show you, right? Not in a tricky way, he's not here to trick you. He's going to blast you with, he's going to remove your securities and force you to think about why you need them in the first place, right? So I'm gonna- No, stop, stop, you shared, no, you shared years. too much. Protecting you here. Stop it. Saturn's an awesome it, character. It it fits. No, but it, it fits what we've done because the. I mean, our our Mercury character is uh is creating like it's creating like this fun chaos. Whereas our Saturn is uh. I mean, he is blasting everybody. Um, like, we were just working on a um on a stanza this morning, and um you know, the characters are all going off into their various planetary, like, you know, fantasies, and he's just cut, 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 cut. Like, he doesn't want any of it. It's just um, right. this kind of brutal, uh, you know, machete hacking of everybody's fantasy and imagination and everything, and he's mm -hmm. like, this is this mm -hmm. is how it is. So that's kind of, yeah, it makes sense how you've described yeah. it, which is really helpful because he's he's been hard. Like, for in terms of my um, imagining of Saturn, mm. Like some of the characters make more sense to me than others in terms of just how easy it is to get into their head. Saturn's very difficult. <laughs> Maybe this is why you like hit on something. I was like, because he's so, he's such a joy killer. <laughs> but yes, oh yeah, oh um, yes, yes. Because the other ones, well, the thing is, yeah. the, the way, the way like, you, you talked about the moon that fits with with the way we've been developing her, and the sun, absolutely. Um, it was so we have to yeah, figure out. So we have to figure out basically, like what I, what I'm getting from this conversation is we have to figure out exactly what happens when these characters are in their uh, in their strength, you know, in their various 
yeah. houses in their in the various setups. But also what happens when they get dragon vision, mm -hmm. when they get dragon sight, and how that transforms them and inverts them, which is really, that's going to be an interesting game now to play because it's kind of terrifying because Saturn already is, uh, I mean. Well, in, 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 in the, in the stronger word, but very, so. In, in the setup of the story, he's actually already been hypnotized too. So he's further in than the other ones mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has this. He has a um, a predisposition to uh, the mes uh, the mesmerism of of the dragon's um, influence, even though he thinks he does without realizing. <laughs> which is like, yeah, it's it's this kind of like uh, it's, it's the 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 sleepwalking into it, as opposed to the other characters, which are. Uh, yeah, a little bit more. Well, the Saturn, uh, Saturn. Yeah. He thought he thought I he think... could. He thought it, it was all a trick, and he could resist it anyway. And of course, therefore, he's further in already. And and the others are still in the in the the sort of playful element of oh, this is cool. We're on an adventure. Um, mm. Except, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah no, this I is really that, helpful. I think I, I, that makes me really happy to know that a lot um because i don't think people understand uh how interesting this stuff is and how it, it relates to the human experience uh I, you know saturn i can even see it's not a buffer but sort of one of those uh, what was uh from the twilight series uh her power she was a the main character i forgot her name bella mm. so she ended up to her vampire power was uh and she was, I forgot the term they used, but basically she could cancel out your power, oh. essentially. She would like, she was a, I forgot the term, but that's what she did. So her F, her effect was that your power, you would not have, you'd be powerless in her presence. She's neutralizing. Yeah. This, yes. This, this fits. And that's Saturn, that's, yeah. that's very, that yeah, Saturnian for sure. You know, we've all experienced delays on something that we just can't figure out or, you know, we've done everything we can and it's like, why is it take, and then why is it just keep taking so long, you know, uh, for this to take place or how come this person just refuses to let me express myself? There's a Saturnian influence there somehow in mm -hmm. the what, what we call sinistry in astrology. So the effect of your two influence, your two galaxies coming mm -hmm. together, so to speak, your two birthmarks converging creates its own dynamic right that's mm. called synergy so we take your birth chart well you know the birthmark your birthmark your metaphysical birthmark and his or her metaphysical birthmark put them together and you can map them onto one another and that creates its own different benefits right and mm. challenges which can be interesting if you want to know though nobody don't let anyone run up on you and tell you give me your birthday you know, that's something you should want to know. It should, that's what I'm trying to say about this dragon, that he's like purposefully drawing them into something that he's manipulating, he's uh, seducing oh, yeah. them. Really. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, they, they weren't wandering in the ethos, wondering what about themselves. You know, he beckoned them to him. 
Yes, well, we have that, we we, really we got him. He's what... got agents in the in the first act, and one is the woman Eliza that you see in that picture, and the other is the magician who he 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 gets the that's how he gets the planets to volunteer, as it were, because he 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 gives them he he spins them this tale about knowledge and access and things like that, and so they're they are they're curious, which you know that they and 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 they think it they they're not I think they think it's. It seems like just a sort of whimsical adventure, which is, I think, also how people get, you get drawn into the dragon often because it doesn't seem dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it, it's a, it's an experience and it's adventure. It's a, it, but it's a temptation of, of things, things hidden from you otherwise. So we've, we've played off all yeah, of I that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And playing off of that, I think the magician, I see him as socials. Mm. You know, so you look at social media that projects this mirage of the self, really. It allows you, it tempts you to go do that and engage in this false community, yep. really, right? It doesn't really exist. And that's the way I would see the magician as a representative of modern technology in that way. He does that. Eliza would be more of a manifestation of this individualistic ideology that's running this the identity politic mm. that's eliza right she's seducing you into thinking you're the one you're the, that you're just so unique right and or whatever i don't know her full backstory and uh, what are the details well, you're you're intuiting you're intuiting a lot of, of them it's it's good yeah no it's it's good yeah. but okay. but this is yeah. what we were also yeah. wanting to do and you've reassured us a lot um thank you um is that this this it works at this sort of it works at a level of parable right that you're, you're seeing layer what the, the 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 story should have layers of insight so it's not just an allegory of oh here's you know virtue here's vice right but that there are yeah. as yeah. with what you were describing for us about the you know this the planets and their effects have various complexities and that our story wants to get people thinking about those um but also you know as mm -hmm. you're describing it's like the the very very real danger of these temptations Mm. Yeah, so I think that if the dragon, if we accept the idea that the dragon has consumed the cosmos and thus is the sole, you know, bearer of knowledge, the knowledge cosmic, right? Then we have to believe, maybe, re uh, spirits or sort of whispers of the cosmos, because the cosmos are the constellations. Remember that the planets you know that's how the planets positively well not positively but that's the knowledge that was or the experience that was they were robbed of right was their interaction with the heavens he took it mm -hmm. all and he's like i'm just going to tell you yes something really odd happened with my headset but you guys can hear me clearly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. no i think you just solved headset. act five see i think <laughs> yeah, I think the at some point there. Has no, to it's, be, like we, it's like we. It's like the happy ending. Venus. Now, <laughs> it's like we didn't yeah, know how because, to bring it so back, and, and I think Venus. this is this is this is strong. <laughs> this is good. So, we we have a word to describe this, which is up is on it? the on the DCR site. Dracosmos. It's the drug of the dragon. Mm. Yeah. You've just described it, but that if it's a darkening, we so we we have you know 
Act five is the wedding, right? That's what we said. It's like what, the happy ending, right? It's the, the happy ending. And I, and I think now mm -hmm. what you've shown us is, is how that has to happen in terms of the, the stars as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the interesting bit would be, I mean, when you get, if you, you know, when we start turning this into a volume, Right, we can start uh, looking at the effect of this introductory moment, which is what you're doing now, on various situations. Maybe if you wanted to, even like across history, like what happens when suddenly Venus is gone? Like how I said mm. in the beginning, like we're in a post-Venus moment. What happens when Venus is robbed of her, you know, relationship with the heavens? We're in a post-love situation where that's superficial under the premise of self-love right which mm. there you go the moon's disaffected right so i mean it could get no really that's 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 where we are right now with the with the act yeah. so we're in we, we finished act one we've got all this set up we've got introduced the characters and everything and now we're learning i mean it's been interesting learning to write at this level because i'm you know, just mainly practiced writing history, which means I'm practiced looking for cause and effect and structure and narrative and things like that. But the, the sort of allowing the characters to teach us the story, which you do when you're writing mm -hmm. at, at, at this level is different for me. So it's, it's been, it's, 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 we, 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 we get, a, I mean, it's like what, what we've done this scene. So we're, 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 we've we've done our time, right? We've done this, so we have to. We also start and stop as 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 closely as we can because I understand that's part of the monastic discipline. To you know, it's like going, oh no, we can't stop, but we can, and it will still be here for us. Um, but this this yeah. revelation, this feeling of we put we we were attending properly to the structures of the story and the um, mystery and elements of it are shown to us as we work on things, which then in retrospect, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, that we should always have been the way it was. And it's like, we didn't see it before. So this, this sense of learning yeah. has been really joyous and we're really happy you joined us tonight <laughs> to help him. Thank in you. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. I was going to cry. I was going to cry. I was going to cry. I am. I'm so honored to be here. I think we're. I'm being being a part of something. I think is going to be amazing. I'm very confident. As an adult reader of YA fiction and adult fiction, you're you're you know, a good and, audience and a, and a for us. Fantasy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's so and, and but it's good to know. I'm glad I was helping. I'm glad I was here to help you guys root it in, you know, uh, knowledge, it, preexistent knowledge that it's actually there and that you guys know. It's that. wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I'll leave you with this. You can't leave yet. I you don't leave yet. Don't go away until we, until after we go off camera. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you that you guys, you brought me in here at this bit where he says, uh, one tear to taste like star milk from above. Show lights unseen unless you dare partake. He's literally saying star milk, lights unseen. He has consumed the heavens. Mm. Ah, okay, shut <laughs> it off. That, that's quite you a are you are our perfect you are our perfect interpreter. Our, 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 
<laughs> Hamlet, Hamlet next. No, wait, we, 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 we'll aim at Shakespearean yeah. and levels. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you all very much for joining us. And he'll be back. Don't worry, we're going to need him again. So, yes. <laughs> thank you all. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.